Chapter 13 Prophecies Liam emerged from sleep to a sound he could not place. He opened his eyes to the shaded cavern, finding himself nestled into one of the many recesses. The sun glimmered on the pool surface, its waters flowing into the cave, crystallized light cascading reflection down the stone walls. It was hard to tell the cave's deepness, but his immediate surroundings were apparent. This was Dorian's home. It was modest with a few blankets, some crates, and other tools. Liam's body ached, but his skin burned, but not as bad as before. The memories came to him. Saul, Barker, Crocata. He shivered. He heard a sound, and though familiar, he could not place it. It reminded him of the rushing river outside of the city, but it was different. Instead of a trickling stream, it oscillated. He remembered the previous days fading in and out of fevered dreams. Orientation dawned on Liam as he recalled the way the sound permeated his dreams. He turned stiffly to see the source. Before his journey, Liam had only viewed the desert through Novum's glass walls. There had been the sparse northwestern forest and the ring of mountains, but now he had finally beheld his share of the outside world, right down to the southern shore. There were old videos and pictures, but nothing matched the real thing. They never quite captured the vivid way the sun beat down on the harsh red and orange ground. Never did they depict the vastness of the waste. No picture came close to the ocean he now viewed. Liam made to rise, but found he was naked beneath the blanket. Of course, the men had taken his clothing, but he improvised, wrapping the blanket around his waist. Liam walked to the mouth of the cave and stepped onto the beach. A picture could not replicate the smell of salt in the air. Film hardly captured the sound, which Liam now recognized, of waves washing upon the shore in their lazy rhythm. Nor could those things depict the foamy crest of waves receding into the glossy waters that stretched into a rolling blue expanse. Liam, though stiff, knelt and dug his fingers into the wet sand, allowing the waves to rush upon his dirt and blood-stained legs. The water was not frigid, but rather cool, crisp contrast to the warm air. Fish darted in the shallows, seaweed swayed, and Liam thought he could never leave. It's good that you're awake, a voice said. Liam turned. Dorian led two camels down the path nestled between dunes, a brief respite from the steep shelves that housed the caves. The rocky pathway declined into the sandy beach that stretched for some small portion of what appeared to be a narrow bay. Liam recalled Oliver's map. He had been right about where to find Dorian. Liam studied the spirit made flesh. His skin was darker, but not like Liam's. It was a dark tan, but more natural. The tall man wore a brown leather coat that came down to his calves. His hair was long and dark, and he kept a short beard. His brown eyes shared that same deep look that he had seen in Raven. Yet, they were kind and studying. While you recovered, I went and got your things back, Dorian said, handing Liam the pack and then taking his own from the camel saddle. Liam stood motionless. After all he had been through, here was Dorian.
For the first time in weeks, he felt peace, like everything had come together. He had held fast. Not talkative? asked Dorian. Come over here and have a seat. He motioned towards two large stones, seats by which to converse or watch the ocean. Liam was not afraid of Dorian, nor was he at a loss for words. Rather, it was as if he felt he had little to say, that there was nothing he could tell this man that was worthwhile. The fallen angel carried himself in the same curious manner that he had briefly seen in Raven at Karis, but even Dorian was something different. He certainly was not what Liam expected. It's not that. Liam finally managed to reply as he sat down and faced Dorian. It's just that I have nothing to say. That's interesting, said Dorian with a small laugh. (laughs) I would have thought you have plenty to tell. Well, I suppose I do, said Liam, and he soon found that he indeed had much to say. He told Dorian everything. He told him of being the eighth generation descendant of Elijah, of the new prophecy, and of finding Oliver and his journey south. Dorian did not interrupt him, but merely listened patiently. When Liam had finished, they sat silent a moment. Dorian sighed. Oliver lives, Jacob comes, and you arrive to tell me in time. Still, we're bitter than sweet, I fear. What now? asked Liam. I don't know, said Dorian. Liam was surprised. The prophet had sent him all this way to find a man who could supposedly save them, and now he didn't know what to do. What do you mean? asked Liam. How could you understand? asked Dorian, shaking his head. I I was one of the many implicated in Jacob's deceit, and yet the duty to stop him falls on me, just as it did before. Before when I failed. You didn't fail, Liam said incredulously. You stopped him. You raised the mountains. You kept Novum safe. The city, yes. Do you know how many people were in the world before the war? How many people can Novum hold? It has grown to well over a million, they say, Liam replied. We are near capacity. Before the war, the world was reaching a population of 11 billion. Your city is a few square miles of subterranean levels and skyscrapers, and the population of the Sop continent is hardly noteworthy. I wonder if you could even pinpoint it from space. Liam was confused. Never mind, Dorian said. Suffice to say, much more was lost than saved. And had you not intervened, all would have been lost. I suppose so. At least, that's what I told myself. So there must be something you can do now. If the prophet is right, then Jacob means to take the city. Who knows to what end? There's nothing else here for him. He has made a deal with the morning star. Another mystery, though I... Suspect it might have something to do with his prolonged disappearance. I also suspect that he has ways of amassing an army that we do not. We might be able to rally a few men from town to town, but we can't hope to make it worth their while.
What about the Tartarus Project? Liam asked. Dorian's eyes widened in surprise. A rumor that you would know more about than I do. Solon Raven asked me about it. I knew I had heard it before, but I couldn't remember where. I'm pretty sure my grandfather mentioned it right before I left Novum. If we don't know what it is, I don't think we can rely on it. The Tartars Project could be anything. Look, said Liam, surprised that he was the one giving advice. You heard what I said. We meet Karis and Mir. She's going to find Nathan and bring him there. Oliver will be with us then, too. And what then? Dorian asked. Raven has taken Bronton, so forget about that. Mir is in the east. Jacob is coming from the west, and the pass is somewhere between. We can make haste, get to Mir, and ride out to take Jacob before he can hope to meet with Raven. How much of an army can he gather between the shore and Bronton? A lot, if he's coming from the south outland. He could bring a fleet of ships. Across a desert? Liam asked. I have to hand it to you, Dorian said with a smile. You've thought this through. Jacob is persuasive. He has a way of always being one step ahead, but no doubt he probably isn't as strong as we think. You've been here all this time, should he return. Well, he has. We should go to Mir and figure it out from there. Oliver's there. Karis and Nathan will also know things we don't. Unless I came all this way for nothing. You could stay here for no apparent reason, and when Jacob wins, you'll know that it's because you did nothing to stop him. Dorian froed his brow. I, I never said I wasn't coming. Believe me, I fully intend to fight this with every breath I have. The years have just made me a little cynical. Dorian paused, and then sighed. How are you? Can you ride? Liam nodded, even though he still felt considerably sore and sunburned. Good then, said Dorian. I have most of your things. We will ride at first light. Most of Liam's things were packed, and he was a little too stiff to do much else than check his bag. He waded into the shallows that afternoon and bathed. It was salty but refreshing, and when he was finished, he sat on a rock near the shore, wearing nothing but a cloth around his waist, watching the waters as he dried. Dorian moved about packing, and soon the sun began to sink in the west, falling behind the small cliffs of the bay. Once dry, Liam put on his spare set of clothes and contemplated the journey as the sun set. After making a fire, Dorian set his coat to the side and sat next to Liam. They sat in silence for some time before Liam spoke. What was it like? The war? asked Dorian. No, I mean being an angel. You're not what I expected. None of you are. It's hard to put into words. It's another dimension, another realm from us. Dorian spoke into the night. He spoke of battles at the gates of hell, of the demigods and the stewards of the celestial bodies, of ages before known history and of things Liam did not understand. As it grew later, Liam began to fall asleep, and Dorian had turned to more abstract topics. 
He spoke of the great cosmic dance and the ways the stars moved in constant harmony. The constellations existed only to live in a single perpetual motion, repeating the rhythm for millions of years. Because the thing itself was so beautiful that it bore repeating to the end of days, so that everything that had lived would live on to behold the beauty of their glowing patterns. The heavens resounded in a deep song that preserved the cosmic order. Dorian had once participated in that order, the steward of a distant planet, a god in his own right. He governed it, subordinate only to the Eternal One, and he was beloved by its inhabitants. Such were the ways of the celestial beings doing all they did for the great creator. Dorian told him how it had not been so different from Earth, for the heavens and the beings who dwelt within the realm were generous. Take, for instance, the horse, Dorian said, a magnificent creature. When the Eternal One created Earth, one being fashioned the creature and gave it to him. Think of it as a housewarming gift. Such a creation was indeed used, but also shared. Thus we have horses on my planet. His voice grew mournful. Or what was my planet? That was so very long ago. Ages have surely passed, and more are sure to pass, but tonight we must rest. Liam fell asleep. The next morning, Liam felt less sore and his skin was cooler than it had been in days. The morning sun reflected blood orange through the pool in the cave. After splashing some of the soothing water on his face, Liam was ready to set out. They packed the camels and gathered fresh water from the depths of the cave's inner pools. Liam checked his gun and decided to keep it on his person instead of its pack. I noticed that gun of yours, Dornit said when he saw it. It's a good thing Oliver gave that to you. It'll be handy. Guns in themselves are quite scarce, as before the fall they were increasingly banned, but this particular model was possibly the most common in the world. So common, in fact, that I have one myself and happen to have a good supply of ammunition. I have bullets too, but they won't fit, Liam said, showing Dorian the ammunition he had bought. You're right, Dorian said. Those are for a Colt revolver. Do you see how the base has this little disc? See how they're too short? We'll trade them if we get a chance. They finished what little packing remained and led the camels up the steep trail. It was a bit difficult for them to get their footing, but after a little work, they were level with the desert again. Behind them, the sea stretched in every direction. Liam saw how the bay curled up to the tip of the land, and then the rest extended beyond sight. It looked like the land eventually leveled out, and that the caves were only formations nestled into the northern tip. Dorian confirmed as much. Before them stretched the immense desert, and they started out with their camels in a steady gallop. At first, it was a little hard on Liam's bruises, but eventually he grew accustomed to it. Dorian explained that the less they were seen within towns, the better, and so they agreed to stay in the desert as often as possible. This would be another sort of journey. Dorian was with him, but no matter what came next, Liam would hold fast. You know how to get to this garden city? Dorian asked. I remember the maps, Liam said, and they began their trek. Tamir.